Uh, no, you've got to share it. That's one of my um, philosophies, really. You, whatever you've got, you've got to share. Don't keep hiding it up because the name of the game isn't who's got the biggest pile at the sat on at the end of the game. No. The name of the game is how many people can you make happy throughout the game. Uh, well, no, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's hope that um, the uh, live stream's going to start in a moment. If not, we'll put it up later. Anyway, um, getting back... Uh, no, th- there is a show today, Mitchell. It's just Facebook is playing... Oh, no, it's working now. Good Lord, we got there, Paul. Padding works. Right, well, hello to all the Facebookers and booklers and, and so on. Bookers and, um, and things. Um, but anyway... You haven't apologised yet for, for me being here, but... Uh, normal service will probably be resumed. But <laughs> no, for today, I, a postcard <laughs> from Potrad is being delivered by Paul Rustling uh, over on the Yorkshire Riviera. Uh, Indeed so. We can see the mighty River Humber in all its brownness flowing to the sea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but at least it becomes the North Sea, you know. It's a little uh, bit of yes. just as wet. Yes, just a, actually, it's funny that because I was watching um, something on Netflix which was about the oil rigs, um, a, a, a mini-series. And oh, yeah. um, uh, it was referencing Scarborough and places like that, and I thought, marvellous. Uh, well, Facebook is now working, everybody, uh, because Axel's just joined us from Alabama. Uh, says, what's up, what's up? Axel's in the house. Hello, RTI. Hello, mate. Um, so, Hi, so we are there. Uh, and um, special hello to Mitchell. You can go over to the other dark side now and uh, listen to <laughs> Facebook as well if you want to. Um, Eric, just how many channels is RCI on? Because I've got a list here of ones to – and I do try them all out from time to time. And I think I had about nine on my list the last time I looked, but I think you've got even more, haven't you? Yeah, I, I did uh, – my, my webmaster person, the lovely Igor that does all that, um, he said to me, have you got a new list? And I said – well, I did have a look the other day, and ironically, I went on, I just put it into Google, of all things, and um, one came up, and I thought, what's that? And it was actually a message for our Yan from a guy yeah. from, um, who came to, to Aqua City in 2005 and has been a constant listener ever since. All right. And apparently wears his RTI shirt, and I didn't even know that service existed. Which is quite amazing, really. Um, and Mitchell's so moved back. Actually, doing audience figures is impossible for you, really, because mm. you've got people tucked away all over the place. You don't even realise they're listening. We we do get quite a lot of um, a lot of our affiliates are being incredibly helpful these days mm-hmm. to give us numbers, and that is helping a lot. And all I will say, because I don't, I don't believe in showing off with numbers, um, there are a lot of BBC local radio stations that would love to have half our audience. Yeah, I'll bet. You know, it's simple as that. So anyway, on to Paul, um, and we will give you contact details later, because I'm sure Paul's got them to hand. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, and I want to start with your, fir- your, your most recent book, because I think okay. this could be of help to lots of people. Well, it would. it's the one that's probably most relevant to RCI and probably the way 90% of your listeners are listening, which, of course, is online, mm. now, online radio. It's, I'll use the term online radio because I think that's the most commonly used expression. It's been called internet radio. In fact, about seven years ago, I did a book called Internet Radio, yeah. which tells roughly the same story, but... The technology is now moving so fast, it's been superseded quite mm. quite drastically. So internet radio is exactly the same as online radio, and it's also known in some parts as web radio. And, and I've got another one for the, you as well, Netcaster. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah Netcasters, yes. We, we yeah. like that one as well. It sounds a bit like the old ITN uh, newser, doesn't it? Newscaster. They was, they didn't have newsreaders. They had newscasters. Yes, which I always thought was a bit twee. But there you are. Mm, yeah, um, a bit snobby. The, the, uh, the, the thing about online radio is people tend to polarise themselves. Say, oh, it's not proper radio if there is a transmitter. Well, not a tosh. Well, first of all, ninety nine percent of online radio has got 
a transmitter involved at some stage in the chain. Hmm. But you've got to look back at what radio really is. And radio is a term that didn't come about until the mid-1920s when broadcasting started. It's an old Latin name uh, tied up with radials. I'm sure everyone's aware of radials, which, apart from coming out from the bottom of aerials, also go out from the spokes of your bike. Mm. Those are all radials. Anything that goes out from a sensor point is a radial. And well, that's where the name radio came from. The thing so is, Paul, radio, let, let, if it's, let me jump if across it's broadcasting, you. it's radio. Yeah, let me jump across you there, because in my car, I can listen to various radio stations that we look after. You don't, look after, you don't listen to other stations, surely? Well, occasionally, yes. Gosh, we almost have, asking I. Uh, well, yes, because we have other radio stations that are hosted here for people. Um, right. So, um, uh, you know, there's a bit, bit of media monitoring, as they say. And I have yet to find a wire connecting my car to the interweb, which means there's got to be a radio involved in it somewhere, otherwise it doesn't work. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, online, and, online radio is radio. Yes, you know, and people who can't accept that, you know, they're just like the old Luddites years ago who couldn't accept that any streetlights had to be driven by gas. Yeah. There are still some about. <laughs> there are people who build the earth is still flat. Yeah, yeah. You know, just mm. take no notice of the people who tell you that internet, online radio or internet radio isn't radio because it is. Yes, it's, it is what most people perceive as being the radio. If it's a little box and you stand it on the kitchen window and it entertains you, and I'll come back to that word because it's very important, mm. then it's radio. Yeah, okay, and, so. and, I, and I think the, the other thing to bear in mind is most people who are negative towards it are just afraid of it more than anything else. There is a little bit of fear, yeah. That's always a thing. You know, Ronan O'Reilly used to say that it's like anything that's new. Anything that's new in the jungle that goes into the clearing, all the other animals will attack it. At the very least, they'll be very wary of it. Yeah. And it'll take them a while to get used to it. And eventually, it'll just become one of the gang. Yeah. And he always said that's what would happen to Radio Caroline. Yeah, yeah. And to some extent, he was absolutely right. Yeah, he was. So many things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitchell says the Americans called it radio. We called it wireless and yeah. started calling it radio just like the Americans. Absolutely. Most trends that start in the States do come over to the UK eventually. The Mm. problem is, Mitchell, we invented the language, so we tend to stick with the old words a bit longer. It was wireless from about 1890-odd until 1920-something, early 1920s. And then uh, the name radio began to be heard by the general public. Wireless used to be just sending of messages with dots and dashes and sparks flying through the ether. Mm. And it was when they they found easy ways to add audio and music and entertainment to broadcasting, that's when the general public took to it like a duck to water. Mm -hmm. And soon everyone wanted one, the old crystal sets and all that stuff. And then um, the uh, American terms began used you can trace it back to a movie uh one of the early talkies back in the 1920s uh and they used the word radio in that and i think it was about 1923 or something mm-hmm. and it was all i mean it was you couldn't pick up a newspaper in those days which is how most people got their knowledge and information you couldn't pick up a newspaper in the early 1920s without reading about this newfangled form of entertainment crystal sets wireless and it was known as radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where it came from. So we're, we're all radio anyway. Yes, it's I'll... just a shorter word than wireless is an old-fashioned word. Yeah. Um, Mitchell says the only problem with online radio is you need mobile data if you're out and about. But that is true to some degree. But well, I think you, you need data. That's very true. But um, the data is becoming more and more ubiquitous. Yes. And there's no reason why. It doesn't have to be up at the mobile end. There's no reason why that data can't be broadcast on uh, traditional wavelengths or wave bands, mm-hmm. like medium wave, long wave, whatever. It's pretty noisy and it sounds awful as audio. It needs a bit of descrambling first back into audio. Yeah. But there's no reason why data and online, as we, we do as online radio, no reason why that can't be broadcast instead of having um, AM 
Uh, well, that's true. And, and I think now, the other AM thing... AM is easy because you just need a germanium crystal and a coil and so on and, and a pair of headphones to, to actually hear it in its simplest form. Mm-hmm. But uh, with all the processing power now, we can you could fit the whole thing in a tiny earpiece stick it in your ear and you don't need anything else at all you pick it all up off the medium wave well I, I think that's what's going to come in probably five or ten years i i kind of agree with you and the other thing i would say at this point because mitchell's just saying uh, and if you can get a data signal um which i agree with mitchell and and uh, a good friend of of both paul and i is a gentleman called keith lewis who does the afternoon shows oh, yeah. on here <laughs> Uh, and he said to me, uh, he w- he was recuperating and doing lots of long walks to the north of Birmingham through the sort of hilly areas. And um, he couldn't phone me to tell me because the signal wasn't strong enough for a phone call. And yet he could listen to RTI. He couldn't listen to several other stations that we know and love because their signal wasn't getting through. And, yeah. I, and I said to him, yeah, I quite agree with you because the RTI one is manipulated at this end and other places to make it easy for people to get it, even on a 3G signal, which is going to disappear soon anyway in the UK. Um, And that is one of the problems of broadcasters not knowing how to set the thing up properly, which Paul's book helps you with, which we'll come on to in a sec. And if the broadcaster does it right, they can get, to places that they would never have got to. And Michael adds, internet radio opened my eyes to all the radio stations from around the world that I wouldn't have heard just with an ordinary radio. And you're quite right, Michael. No, of course not. And that's, that's, that's the great advantage of online radio. And why, I mean, online radio has been around since 1993. Mm-hmm. That was when the first station started. I think the first thing in this part of the world was Virgin. And there were some in the States as well, obviously, at the same yep. time. Virgin did copy the one in the States. But um, it, it, it all began by some guys just doing a program like you and I are doing, like the postcard from Poprad. Mm-hmm. And they were just talking, and they were talking about computers. And the, it, the, the way it developed was to make it easy to disseminate this information on computer programs, which uh, were just coming uh, quite popular in the early 90s. Yeah, in so fact... 90, if, if you choose a timeline, it was 93, and then about 2003, um, we began the shift over to... It was... Realised that you could do it better if you did it digitally. Mm. And at the time, there were some online stations uh, which were broadcasting on subcarriers of satellites. Oh, yes. And I'm sure you remember those days. <laughs> some of the stations, Chris Carey's Power FM and all the other stations, Radio Caroline was on the internet. Yeah. And various other pioneers were too. But the BBC wouldn't touch it. And the commercial stations didn't want to know at all. They couldn't see any future at all broadcasting online. Now they can't wait to ditch the transmitters and go online only. Yep. Yeah, um, which is and exactly crazy. the same has happened with television. Television is now in a huge transition to go over from it's gone from aerials. Very few use uh, the UHF signals. Uh, the um, the uh, international the ITU uh, coordinators are busy meeting now. I think they finish next week, don't they? In Abu Dhabi or somewhere, yep. deciding what's going to happen to the UHF bands. Um, are we going to give it ten years? and wind it down slowly, or are we going to switch it all off in the next two years? Mm. Well, Mitchell... And then you're going to lose all the UHF channels because satellite reaches everywhere. doesn't, but there you are. Yeah. Um, And also, of course, online. Now, if you go and buy a TV from... uh, uh, Go and try and buy a Sky Dish and so on, everyone will tell you, don't buy one. Sky are going to drop satellite dishes. Yeah. They're going to drop satellite because all the all the all the gubbins are all crammed inside the TV, the uh, tuner box, everything, and all you do is you plug it into your online service, into your broadband, and you've got all the TV channels you want. Well, well the ones that that's... Sky would like you to have anyway. Well, yeah, you can then get around that, and you can tune any TV channel. So it's freed up television to all over the world is now available on, or is becoming available online. 
and, and all those ugly satellite dishes which everyone fought tooth and nail over throughout the 90s and the <laughs> early 90s, they're all, they're all about to be consigned to the dustbin of history. Oh, I know what you, you mean. Know, so they didn't last very long at all, did they? What, 25 years? What's that, a generation? Well, no, a bit, um, bit longer and, than that, Paul, because um, my... Well, some my... of us had them in the 80s. We yes. had an enormous... We, we built a three-metre one and then decided to buy a proper one. But we built this enormous thing three metres across in our garden in Herne Bay back in the 80s, I think it was, about 85, 86. And uh, I was trying to get Inmarsat, would you believe? Oh, my word. Uh, but over on the ship, the communicator, we had the Inmarsat um, terminal. And the dish for that was only about, well, it's less than a metre across. I think mm. about two foot across. Uh, and that cooked very well, but the quality was awful. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, good afternoon to Erin, who's in the Republic of Ireland. Nice to have you Hello, with us. Um, and Mitchell's just added, I listen to many stations around the world on the internet as well, as we do. Yeah. Now, let's get on to Paul's book, because we've chatted for 20 minutes and haven't got even mentioned the book yet. Well, the history of knowing where you came from is very, very important. Because yeah. if you don't know, if anyone who doesn't know history and doesn't learn about history is just destined to make the same mistakes have been as have been made in the past absolutely so history and a book history books they all save you from making all those mistakes and you also understand better of where we are now and where the possibilities are for going so it, that's why it's very important to have books because some people will think books surely books are very old-fashioned we've got everything's on screen nowadays uh-huh. well, you can't use a screen when you're driving down the M1 or when you're doing the housework. But there again, you can't read a book either. <laughs> no, but you can uh, listen to the radio. You can listen to the radio. But the, the, Absolutely. the, the, the key thing with books, I find, with the, and I'm not a, a, a great buyer of books or a reader of books because I'm a bit like Paul. We've been in news and broadcasting phrases and we've got our own ways of doing things. But it's safe to say that when I read Paul's book, um, online radio, the amount of data in, that's in there. Well, it took me years to get it because that's right. You know, you know, you can you, uh, people will say, "Oh, but surely, what's the point of books? You can get all that information online. It's all online." No, I'm not buying a book. I think. Well, if you have a look, you you key in online radio into Google or which, whichever your favourite search engine is. Mm-hmm. And it'll come back and say 117 billion pages. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with going and having a look through that lot and trying to find what you're looking for. Yeah. Because what this is, the, the reason, what, why have I written it? Um, and I'm amazed that there aren't more proper books on online radio, apart from, I think there's probably half a dozen in the whole world by the look of it. Yeah. That's how many Amazon can find anyway. And uh, the others are quite old. You know, I mean, some of them are very old and out of date. This just brings everything up to date and it consolidates the that... uh, the bits you need to know all together. Now, why can I consolidate? For the last 20 or 30 odd years, I've been working as a broadcast consultant for about 20 odd other radio stations and companies. And I'm the guy that they ring up. They, they couldn't afford to, well, they couldn't afford to. They, they couldn't have someone like me sat uh, on the payroll. So what they do is they ring me up when they've got a particular problem. And I either find the problem or sort the problem or I know a man who can. Hmm. So I sit there like, uh, it's like a radio to me is an enormous jigsaw puzzle, and I sit there pulling all the bits and pieces together. But I think you, you, you nailed it somewhat in that the, I think the industry is now going to settle down a bit. Um, hmm. And the, um, the way in which previous books were written were out of date before they went to press, to be quite honest. Yeah, that's the big problem. It really has been the problem. And now, of course, the production of books and the uh, distribution is well and truly organised, a lot better than it was previously anyway. Mm. And you can do you know, you know, can do an update to a book in six months after you've printed it and keep it up to date, and that's usually the best way to do things. Absolutely. Uh, I did another book called The Radio Caroline Bible, which sets out the history of the Caroline uh, operation since 1964 mm-hmm. and brings it up to date. Well, it was up to date, um, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago. Uh, but you've got to keep continually revitalizing it and adding bits and pieces. And as you go through life, you find that more information comes up and it sounds more relevant. So um, so that's uh, one that I, I just don't get to update it often enough. But we've, I mean, we've already, we've had seven prints 
albums and I think two editions of that. So uh, there's a third one coming up shortly. So, uh, Sorry about the noise of the helicopter. That's all right. Don't worry about it. When the police come into the door, I'll stop. Um, uh, Mitchell, I don't kind of get this because what's the point of e-books when we have paper books? And I would say... Some people prefer e-books, some people prefer yes. paper books. Some like it on the coffee table, and it's also a lot easier to find stuff in the paper book in some people's minds. Mm. Not in everyone, because, no. um, you know, those of us who know, it's a, a lot easier to just key in the keyword and find it yeah. in the book. But the thing is, it, they are easier to read, but each to his own. Mm. You know, he says, well, why bother with paper books? I say, why not? Yeah, you know, yeah as absolutely. Long as people want the paperback box, and uh, the uh, the online radio book is coming out as a as a Kindle, I think it's called, or an EPUB, uh, and that's it, it was scheduled for the first of January, and now until it can't be, it has to be the fourth, and all that kind of malarkey. Yeah, yeah. So th- those who want to hang on for it can hang on for that and get a Kindle. But um, in fact, I think I've put most of my books are available on Kindle nowadays anyway. So, so tell, it, so tell it, it, Paul, it's like RCR, you make it available on different bands and different Absolutely. Platforms. Well, yeah, you, you say bands. Uh, I should say hello to uh, Unique Radio down in Australia on AM. Um, I should also... Ah, good day, coppers. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, the reason we like it is it reaches parts of Australia that still doesn't have the internet. And right. and uh, equally to our friends over in Japan on FM, um, and uh, do be then to um, uh, what was it OK dot RU and uh, Popradsky Spravi etc etc. Um, the book, Paul. Tell me about the book. What you want to count the pages? <laughs> uh, One hundred ninety-four. <laughs> number that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the book. The book tells you this history. The development, and particularly what what is really important, is the development towards digital radio, why radio went digital. Now, people throw their hands up in some quarters and say, oh, digital can't possibly be as good as analog. Well, it can. It's just that normally it isn't. Um, When they develop some of CDs and things like that, particularly that awful thing called DAB, Hmm. what they did was they took the principle of just slicing the audio and chucking away most of the bits that made it sound good. Um, and gave it depth and feeling and meaning. Uh, digital radio can be excellent, can be as good as analog, but it normally isn't, and that's for reasons of cost. And it's it's a question of diminishing cost. You go for spending a fortune and make it fantastic quality, mm-hmm. or do you make it as um, economically as ninety nine percent of people will want it? Because the problem is of the people who listen to radio. of them are not interested in audio quality. All they want, really, is their tune, and it doesn't matter if it gets tinny or it fades out like Radio Luxembourg did. They just want the content. And I think that's really, we're not trying to be perfectionist. Us engineers and Wi-Fi, sorry, not Wi-Fi, Hi-Fi fans will want the best quality. But most people don't. Most listeners don't. They just want something that's reasonably listenable. But I, I would argue that point with you a little bit, Paul, because... Everyone does. Because the, the, the fact is, if... And it's rather like with our Keith Lewis being able to listen to us and other stations didn't work. If, if you do the job properly, which is what your book actually tells you to do... The signal will get through. Yeah, and it, and it does, and, right. and that is one of the key things to, and, and I see this from lots of uh, netcasters who go, oh, I'm giving up, no one's listening. Well, they won't do if they can't get you. Right, there are, there are a couple of things that drive, will, you, will my radio stick? Uh, the book advocates, lots of people starting new radio stations. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, 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 you know, lots of your listeners. I'm sorry, Eric. I'm not trying to drive them away from listening to RCI, but mm-hmm. a lot of them have a good radio station in their mind, and they could develop a good radio station and put a great station on the air. But the end of the at the end of the day, you've got to say, well, will anyone want to listen, and will I make any money from it? Mm-hmm. Well, people will want to listen if you offer stuff that people want. Yes, it's no good doing more of the same and. You know, most of the big formats are already done in most parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But the problem is people want something else apart from the main formats. Uh, I did a a book I did a few years ago. It was called Radio Formats in the UK and USA. 
if you're writing this down, guys, mm-hmm. radio formats. That is a really good um, backgrounder on how formats developed and how many formats are on. I think in that book, we mentioned and discussed 130 odd radio formats. And we didn't really touch the, we skimmed the surface. Well, we did. We did all the, all the well-known ones at the top. But um, there are so many different possibilities of formats. And the niche you go and go down for these minor interest formats, the more chance of success you stand as well. There are lots and lots of niche programs. The same as on RCI, you'll find lots of niche programming. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have stations running just that particular type. But it's no good. Um, assuming that everyone wants non-stop music. I'm sorry, non-stop music radio stations are not going to work anymore. You know why? Because there's a little sweet chap in Sweden called Eric who came along (laughs) and he set up something called Spotify. And Spotify's still radio's lunch. Yeah. And, you know, um, it stole the chunk of it which were the majority of listeners who just want some music on in the background. And mm-hmm. um, they'd far rather it be their kind of music. You know, if, you, if you'd only put some music on on the radio 50 years ago, and you liked top 40 music, you wouldn't listen to Radio 3 or the third program or whatever it was called. You wouldn't listen to the home service. Hmm. You know, and if you wanted some, uh, some sane talk, you know, well, you wouldn't be listening to Radio Seagull. Yeah, I mean, I've just got a comment in the national and commercial radio stations in the UK basically sound all the same, and not one stands out that would make me listen to them. And, and Well, I agree with the last bit, but I don't agree with the first. They don't all sound the same. If you look at if you just analyse their content, they're not the same. They, do, they, don't, they, they sound very samey. Yeah. Um, uh, and most of them I wouldn't want to listen to. I mean... My my relatives often say to me, with the station, boom radio, it's old 60s stuff and so on. Well, first of all, I don't like old stuff. And secondly, I don't particularly think that boom radio is a 60s station. You know, if you want a 60s station, there's uh, Atlantis is a great station. Mm-hmm. Boom radio is really for pe- pedestrian people in their 80s who like everything nice and slow, like the light program used to be back in the 50s <laughs> and here's the ndo yeah well they don't do the ndo but they do a lot of these old crooners and you know lots of records by the 50s singers even my mother wouldn't have listened to those back in the 60s because she said they were so old-fashioned mm-hmm. yeah I, um, I think the other thing there paul is that whilst there 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 is a a, a resurgence for the the likes of you've mentioned boom so yes it'll be there but it's gonna it's very quickly gonna have to change um because you know their audience is going to start being in the cemetery um and hello to isaac in the u.s um that's not very nice is it well but that's the fact of life you know uh radio has oh, you to... said uh, people in the cemetery and then referred to isaac no no, said, no no i know what you mean. With the life. no 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 sorry isaac um but the you know the fact is radio needs to evolve on a day-by-day yeah. basis it needs to constantly evolve not move forward a bit and then stop again no you know it's got to constantly evolve and that's what makes it exciting and interesting um but anyway you so you've got a radio station you've you found an audience that you know you found something whether it's um, Mongolian goat herders music played through the nose floats and so on, or whatever it is. Mm. Um, but radio stations don't have to be so sharply focused and formatted. You know, you can do all kinds of stuff because the best service is done when you play people something a bit different that they'd not never they'd never dream of listening to a radio station that plays all that. But if you play them and on track every now and then, they'll think it's great, it's wonderful. Kenny Everett had this off pat i remember kenny everett's wife told me years and years ago uh, this is the wonderful lee who does listen from time to time by the way to your station oh thank you um but uh, she said that he used to chuck in these little bits of classical music yeah uh, because people do people know those tunes you know they're they're they're, they're called classics because everyone knows them and it, the classic albit are, are just serious music from 100 years or more ago uh, that people know the tune and melody, and people like tune and melody. Uh, it's what people uh, come back and listen to. Mm-hmm. They listen for the hook. That's the secret to um, a, a good, successful pop song. It's got to have a hook mm. that people can hum along with and remember 
rather than some 20 minute dirge or something. But anyway, let's not go down the music track because what, what I do talk about in the book is how can you make those radio stations work? And any people immediately say, oh, we'll only have a thousand listeners or 10,000 listeners or however, whatever number you think. It's not always about numbers. It doesn't always matter because the quality of your listener is far more important than the numbers. Yeah. So forget those stations with millions of listeners. No, you can't compete with those because you haven't got the access to the FM band that they're all uh, accruing all their listeners on. But you, you've on a, you're on a level playing field when it comes to online because your station is going to be, or it should be if you follow the instructions in the book and get the right equipment, you should be the same signal strength or audibility and quality as the big radio stations. Yes, so you level playing field there. Now you've got to look at how can I make the listener come back? And it's not going to necessarily be for playing the same top 10 music tracks over and over again. Mm -hmm. So the format makes a difference. But how do you turn that into cash? You turn it into cash, not necessarily through spot advertising. Oh, that's, spot no, advertising no, 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 no. It's there finished. There are different ways of skinning a cat. There are different ways of bringing money in. And we touch on some of those ways in the book. Um, the idea of the book is to make you think, oh, yeah, and you could do so-and-so and so-and-so, and, so, and it's to develop. Because a book is supposed to make you make you think and, and, and make your own thoughts and develop your own thoughts from them. Uh, so, um, you know, knowledge isn't always knowing uh, what the, um, the information is. Knowledge is knowing where to find it. And, 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 to, help you find and it. continually, re because it, the... The interweb keeps growing. Um, yeah. One has to keep researching as well. Um, with the FM band, you know, the research was done. You knew where everybody was and you knew where the radio was. But with, with internet radio, um, you have to constantly keep um, updating where you are so that it will go to where the listeners are. You are not in control of it. The listeners are. That's right. That's absolutely right. You've got to remember that the listeners are always in control. Now, how else will you... So you, you, you've got, as a, as a core part of a radio station, perhaps some music, but it might be comedy, it might be talk, it might be news, it might be sport, it might be all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Those aren't formats, by the way. Those are just genres of radio station mm -hmm. formats are uh, something very more refined and so um but what do you have what what else do you need i tell you what you need the essential part of radio it's what you and i are both doing now it's dialogue it's ordinary people because most people not everyone but most want to know there's somebody else on the other side of that microphone yep. or someone in the studio they want first of all they want if it's going to be music they want to know it's properly uh, curated that it's someone who likes the music who's knowledgeable about that music not so they can fill your head with loads of facts of just read off wikipedia or something but so they can dis, dis, first of all select the right music mm -hmm. but also they can talk knowledgeably know what should come after a particular track mm -hmm. or so, so that they can you know not make the most ridiculous gaffes and on yeah. the spelling of artists names not spelling, pronunciation of artists' names and so on. So you've got to have people. And, you know, humans, uh, uh, humans. Why, why, why else do people listen? They listen for companionship um, because they like to hear that friendly voice. Mm -hmm. They don't want muttering, mumbling, Harry, about what dates and so on the people have toured and so on. It doesn't interest 99% of people. What they want is some intelligent conversation and comments. And but I think that's that's what you've just hit another nail on, on my and, head. Well, there's something else. I said they, they don't want the muttering Harry, the mumbling Harry. Not everyone has got the disposition or the uh, the the character or the personality to present radio and to present anything on the radio. True, but, but I, I, I think, have. I think you're you're right in the the, some the way just square pegs in round holes. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I don't say they shouldn't be on there, and certainly people who are just learning their craft that you've got to put them on. You know, I really. What do you most regret about radio the last fifty years? The loss of the overnight shift, the yep. old graveyard shift, where they put the young kids onto. You know, give them a try. I was lucky. I was chucked in at the deep end. 
literally out on a ship and uh, chucked into it when I was actually asked to go out there to do the breakfast program, although I didn't know at the time. But um, the, uh, the the important thing is you've got to have enthusiasm. Your mm-hmm. delivery has got to be reasonably quick. Not like I am today and faltering a bit because I'm I'm making this up as we go along. Uh, no scripts here. I don't. You've never used the scripts, have you, Eric? No. I, I, the only thing I've ever ever used is um, to help somebody else out. I did have a running order of sorts. Oh yeah, yeah. So that the other people involved in programs knew what the heck we were going to talk about so that mm-hmm. they could research for themselves. Now, that's not a script. That's just letting people know what's going to be the content of a show. Now, yeah. the other thing that I, I, I 100% agree with you with is here we have no jukebox software whatsoever. That There is no computer that decides what the next track is. 24 yeah. hours mm-hmm. a day, it's a human being doing it. Mm-hmm. And while some of them may be pre-recorded, um, as, as our great friend Roscoe, because the time he's on here, he'd be fast asleep in the middle of the night. But and that's just time shifting. That's not that's not the same thing at all. No, Roscoe's programs are all produced by hand and by his mind, and you know, and, and his iMac. Um, you know, yes, actually. Sorry, go on, Eric. Go on. You, you couldn't resist that one because you know he's a macaholic. Of course he is. All the good people are. You know, it's usually <laughs> you, you, you young learners that are still uh, gathering uh, Good afternoon. You, you good, good, or something? Or yeah, yes, whatever. Uh, just uh, going to say hello to Trina, who's in uh, East Anglia. Hello, Trina. Good afternoon all to you as well, and Trevor. Um, but it, one of the things that your book does touch on is – and I'm trying to think of a simplistic way to put this. It's it's actually using old-fashioned values for internet radio in the way that you progress it. Um, and Trina's- it's very important because at the end of the day, we are all at heart old-fashioned people. You know, humans have been around on this earth for thousands of years, Eric. Mm. We're still produced the same way. We still reproduce in exactly the same way. Mm. Nothing's changed. You know, you can have development of the bits and pieces. Uh, you know, even clo- the idea of clothing hasn't really changed that much. But, you know, our technology, our means of traveling around, whether it's on land, on sea, in the air, or in space, are changing all the time. Yep. They're developing and devolving. And so are our means of communication and our means of entertainment. Well, as Trina's just said, e-books are handy when you're travelling. They are, absolutely. And it's storage. It comes down to storage. Mm. Because digital has made it possible for us to discard all the stuff we don't necessarily need and just have the stuff we want. And when you're taking a book around, you've got lots and lots of white space and all kinds of stuff. And it's done in an old-fashioned way. Well, we've come up with a better way of doing that now by using a screen and uh, and, and a couple of chips. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Digital information. Well, you but get... it's the same. And, and, and this is all explained in the book, how we move from analog into digital by just slicing off the stuff we need and using, concentrating, focusing on the stuff we need, which is the intelligence of the music and a little bit for depth and warmth and quality. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same with books, with e-books, uh, as against paperbacks or even hardbacks. I still like a hardback coffee, copy. Copy even. Uh, they're useful for propping the door up. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, what would you say is the biggest mistake that you found when people go, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire in radio? Um. They don't know how to do radio properly. I think that people have made millions in radio. Some people still do. Some people still try. Some people dream of it. Um, But most people won't do it because they ignore those main points. And I'll go back on those main points again. There's only four, maybe five of them. You've got to have the right programming. You've got to have the station audible. You've got to have uh, a means of 
once you've got those millions of pairs of ears, oh, you've got to go out and promote it as well. Yeah. Because you can have the best radio station in the world, but if nobody knows you're there, you're wasting your time. Absolutely. So you've got to promote it to the audience. That's a, an essential thing. You've got to sell, once you've got those um, millions of pairs of ears listening to you, you've got to market them to people who want to buy them, mm. who want some of the time, who want to deliver their message to those listeners. So that's marketing, advertising. That's assuming you're going to run spot ads, which really is not particularly the future. I mean, we must have all got absolutely sick and tired of nine and ten minutes of, of, of commercials on the radio mm. and with those stupid inane messages at the end warning your cat is at risk if you do not keep payments on your mortgage and so on. You know, I mean, and they go on and on and on and quote all kinds of stuff. And now they've started running them so fast that no one could possibly, you know, hear what they're saying and write them down. So they're not meaningful anymore. And they, they should stop that straight away. Mm. Um, but there are, uh, there, there are a few other things as well, which it, I don't want to spoil everything for people who are going to get the book and read no. the book. But the, I think I'd just like to just cover one other uh, aspect. And that's, what do you need to set up a radio station? True. So yes, yes, there, yes. Some of your listeners will think, well, what do I need? Uh, I need a studio sensor. I need, uh, I need toilets. And I need, you don't need any of that at all. Because as the pandemic proved, the BBC gave all their staff one of those nice smart roadcasters and other similar pieces of equipment and got them to go and produce their program from home because that's all you need. You don't need it. You, you need a little bit of acoustic treatment, but not very much. Mm -hmm. That's if you need that. But I think already that stage is gone. That's mm. now old has. Well, we actually, actually, let me... I, I mean, boom, boom Radio do all their programs, I think. I don't think they do any live program. They do have a studio as a hub. And so on. You do need one as a switching hub, mm. but the majority of their programs are produced at home, um, same as RCI. You uh, well, well, the, all those no, no, but the, the, the traipsing uh, into pop, Rad. One of the because one of the fun things, Paul. They'd be it, in the pool all day if you did. Well, that's true. Uh, no, one of the fun things is the guy that used to be the voiceover for Sky, Sky, Sky itself. Actually, uh, Sky One. He used to Sky go on, not Tommy Vance. No, 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 it wasn't Tom. It was a guy after him. He he actually lived in the north of England and he used to send the idents and the jingles and the promos down an ISDN line from a bedroom in his house. Right. And the way he did soundproofing was he put a duvet over his head. Yeah, it worked just as well, absolutely. You know, and and I, I think... And there are lots and lots of people on the radio today, Eric, who look a lot better when they've got a duvet over there. Well, yes, I've got a great face for radio. Trouble is, we've got webcams now. No, um, yes. Um, but staying with the, um, the equipment for a minute, yeah. what, one of the things I always say, and I, I'm not sure if this concurs with your views. Oh, actually, I know it does. The... You cannot do it on a cheap laptop. It's not going no, to work. Absolutely not. No, a cheap laptop hasn't got it. Hasn't got the RAM. It hasn't got the processing power. You, you should always have separated the actual programming desk to whatever's distributing the program output off onto the internet. Mm -hmm. It must be at least, so it's a minimum of two machines. Well, I, funnily enough, I'm going to take this back to analog days now in, in a lot of ways. In the, you know, back in the early days, it was always one, one transmitter, one antenna. It was the best way to do it. And yet, funnily well, enough, with the internet, it's exactly the same. One service, one computer, one mixer, one da 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 da. da. And yeah. don't try and overload your computer. Um, and one of the thick keys I give to people is if the little light on your drive is flashing, it's working too hard. It doesn't yep. need to be flashing. It should be quite sort of dormant. Um, and we should say hello to Trumpster and Paul, who's apologising for being a bit late. No problem, Paul. You can catch up on the rerun. Uh, that is for sure. Um, Paul, we haven't touched on... Some of the other books, and I know we haven't got much time left. Cause okay, we're... I'll quickly run through some of the other. Yeah. I began doing all this malarkey back in the 1980s. I did my first writing in the late 70s mm. uh, for a magazine called Ships Monthly. And then I did some wireless world articles. But then in the mid-80s, um, I, I needed to get some money out of a particular project. So I uh, did something. I, I produced a book. Um, uh, it was a book 
um, about Laser 558. And, and I realized that at the launch that uh, there weren't any books around that basically described how a radio station came together. Mm. There'd be books afterwards, you know, full of pictures of disc jockeys and stuff like that. But there was nothing that spoke to the radio enthusiast and described how we actually took the ship, what we put in it, how we arranged it in the into the ship, why we arranged it in that configuration, and so on. And there were, there were reasons, by the way. We didn't just say, well, this is a nice, bright stu- uh, cabin. We'll put the studio in there. <laughs> <laughs> Not it was actually well thought out. So, so I produced that book. You can't get it anymore. Um, uh, I'm thinking of redoing it, but I've got to take some of the spelling mistakes out first and probably <laughs> take right. out some of the uh, libel because I did take a pop at a few people. Oh. Uh, one of them had, did actually manage to steal almost two million from the laser organization. Oh. But uh, there you are. Um, and it wasn't me. Uh, uh, and then in the uh, when did I do my next book? I can't remember. I well, think the next time I started, oh, well, when my daughter was at school, we began producing who's who um, the who's who in British radio. Yeah, there'd been a couple of who's who books previously. One in the sixties, uh, one in the eighties by Sheila Tracy at Radio Two, uh, but they all ignored. Or Sheila Tracy's book ignored all the people who'd been on ships. I don't oh. know if that was the BBC influence or not. Probably. So I thought, let's have a book about the people who've been in ILR and um, Watery Wireless and the BBC and put them all in one. So Dawn began assembling all this information uh, as a school holiday project. And we produced that as the Who's Who in British Radio. We did one in 96 and one in 2002. Sadly, long out of date. Although I've still got copies and we still do sell them from time to time. You find it on eBay if you want one anyway. Um, and then in 2016, I've had a lot of people say, can you do a proper book about the communicator? Because by then the communicator had just been broken up. And I sat down one night and I worked it out and there were 11 radio stations that broadcast on that ship. And I thought, it really is a fantastic story for anyone who's a radio enthusiast. Yeah. So I uh, put all the, all the information together, put it out, took a couple of hundred pages, some nice pictures, and then people started saying, yeah, but there's nothing that explains about the programming and why you did the programming. What were the programming secrets? How did Laser get 10 million listeners in the UK and the Benelux back in the 80s? Hmm. So I thought, yeah, you're right. So I put them together. It wasn't really a book. Uh, it, well, it was. It was about 100 and odd pages. But then someone said, oh, I really want a copy of the Laser Operating Manual. Well, I had a copy of that. So I thought, well, that is well out of copyright. So I put it into the book and it made another 200 page book. So then we got Laser Radio Publishing. These books are still available, by the way. The original communicator one uh, was uh, Radio Adventures of the Communicator. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, I did the Internet Radio book, which described how you make a radio station happen on the Internet or an online radio station. Um, And then was. I'd met with a lot of the original Caroline people who'd helped Ronan put the thing together. And in particular, there was uh, Una, who was uh, Ronan's right-hand man, uh, <laughs> for want of a better word. Yeah. She's a lovely lady, by the way. Yeah. She's still going strong um, in the mid-80s now, 86. Uh, but uh, Una had all the secrets about how Ronan really put Caroline together. And there was some horrible little oik up in Scotland who was um, spreading all kinds of horrible stories about Ronan. So I thought, we'll put um, the proper story together. I did it and I thought, um, let's do the whole lot and try and bring it up to date. And I knew a couple of other people. I knew Una, who was there. I mean, she was running Ronan for about 16 years, seriously, right until uh, the mid-70s. And... um, a new case, of course, who was Chris Carey's wife, who mm-hmm. ran Caroline in the 72, 73 years. And uh, who else did we know? Uh, the next one was really Ben Bird, who had resuscitated Caroline in the late 70s. And he also set up, uh, until the Mi Amigo sank, and then he set up uh, Radio Paradise in Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ben and I were really good friends. We'd been friends for about 15 years. Uh, and... Uh, I got together with Vincent Monzi, who'd Crikey. done the music box. Music box. Well, we, he's better known for his music box exploits, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Vincent uh, had done the Ross Revenge in Spain and got that on the air and done all the big advertising deals in the States. 
Um, and there was someone else, oh, Peter Moore. Yeah. Uh, and Peter Moore uh, sat and wrote the, the last bit together with me. And all these people were all kind of like Rustling's disciples, if you like. Mm. Um, I just put the whole thing together as a chronological story. Um, and although I put my name on it as the editor, really, it's everyone else's story, not my story. Yeah. Uh, and it, it tells the, the, the whole story of Caroline. And then afterwards, people said, yes, but you talk about the background and how Radio Caroline went together and what happened behind the scenes. You're not talking about anything about the disc jockeys. There are people who like disc jockeys. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> so I, I then published another book called Caroline Voices on the Air. And uh, attempted to put every disc jockey in the book, including all the newsreaders and the people who produced the programs in London, because there were some amazing people producing programs on Caroline in those days. Uh, people like Kathy Kirby, remember her? Yeah. And uh, Vera Lynn, Dame Vera Lynn. Yes. You know, she was a Caroline DJ. I think she only lasted for about nine months. Um, but there were lots and lots of people who are the voices of Radio Caroline. So, so that all went into a book called Caroline Voices on the Air. We're running what out. Of, we're running out of time, so you're going to have to get the. I, I need... even wrote a book about DAB as well. Gosh. But anyway, if you want details of all those books, I don't want to list them all because I've now written about twelve, thirteen. Uh, they're all on. Uh, they're all listed on the website, uh, which is worldofradio.co.uk. Oh, that's an easy one, World of easy. Radio. Well, well, I've got an easy one. I'm going to give you two websites, worldofradio.co.uk. Um, I'm going to give you three. There's radiocarolinebible.com. You got that? Yeah. Radiocarolinebible.com, all one word. And then the latest one is the Offshore Radio Book, and that one's easy. It's offshoreradiobook.com. <laughs> all right? Yeah, I'm all right so far. Okay, so there you go. Three nice addresses. Um, I think that, those into your computer later on when you've time. Yeah, well, the, have a look and have a wander around and persevere. Um, the on, online radio book, which we're really here talking about, hmm. is uh, the most up to date one. It came out on November the seventeenth, so it's less than a month old, and um, it will be updated as time goes on. You can click on buttons in there. And it should, in theory, bring you through to a PayPal ordering thing. Mm -hmm. If you can't get through on that, there is also an email address and you can send us an email, explain the problem, and we'll, we'll hold your hand through it and get you a book. If necessary, I'll take down your card details on the phone and you can tell me those. Alternatively, if you click, click on the book itself, it takes you straight to Amazon. And Amazon all over the world will deliver to you the next day. Um, they've got them in stock and they can put them out very, very quickly. Uh, so no excuse for not finding it. Onlineradiobook.com. But please, Eric, let me ask your listeners one thing. When you've got your own radio station up and running, please come back to RCI. Don't desert it because <laughs> it really is one of the most diverse and interesting, fascinating radio stations thank you. in the world. It really is. Thank, thank you very much. Paul, we have to go. Literally, we're running out with 15 seconds to go. Thank you very much for your whole hour of sitting here and being entertaining. Hello to Susanna. Uh, have a good weekend, Axel. Uh, hi, guys, says Paul. Uh, I'm going to have to go. We'll see you on Monday with Monday Madness. Until then, Paul and Anne, have a lovely Christmas. Take care. Radiobook.com. There you go. See you later, mate. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.